Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Welcome to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff, where we provide our perspective on various questions related to insolvency and bankruptcy affecting individuals and businesses. My name is Stephanie Danos, and I will be your host for this session. I'm a member of Witham's Forensic and Valuation Services Group. Our team focuses on the unique needs of individuals and businesses going through a reorganization process, experiencing financial distress, or considering bankruptcy as an option. Today, I am joined by Ken DeGraw, who is also a member of the team, and he will be giving his perspective on the Chapter 11 bankruptcy process. We do need to start out by reminding everyone that the information you're about to hear is general in nature and should not be acted upon without the advice and counsel of qualified legal representation and financial advisors who can evaluate your unique circumstances. So with that said, let's get started. Ken, are there things I should do before I file for bankruptcy for Chapter 11? Yeah, absolutely. Um, chapter 11's gotten itself a little bit of a bad reputation. Um, so there are a number of things that and you need to do before you, you actually make the filing. And not the least of which is knowing how you're going to exit. Working with your advisors to develop that plan for exit, whether that be a sale of a business or a, a classic reorganization is so important. You need to take some time as well to line up all of the necessary financial information. There's a significant amount of data that's necessary for the petitions themselves that you're going to be filing with the bankruptcy court. You're going to need to come up with some cash flow projections uh, and a lot of other information that's going to be requested by the uh, Office of the United States Trustee as well as the Creditors Committee if one is formed. Um, I, you know, sir, as you, you mentioned in the disclaimer there, I may certainly speak and listen to your attorney and your financial advisor. They've been through the process before. Um, they understand what to expect and they can really guide you through it and, and take their advice. Um, and then the, the final thing to, to pull together and your financial advisors really work with you on this one is there's gonna be a number of projections that are necessary. Uh, initially for some, in order to get a cash collateral order uh, and then subsequently for the, as you go through the, the process on the monthly operating reports, as well as ultimately for the plan of your organization. Okay. So say I do decide to file, what's my timeline looking like? It, unfortunately for Chapter 11, and this is one of the areas where it's gotten a, a, a bad reputation, is that it can be a pretty protracted process. There are some plans or filings, I should say, that can get done fairly quickly, and they, they fall under the cat, what are called pre-packs, uh, where you've kind of gotten an agreement before you even get to court from your creditor body. Uh, we've managed through chapter 11s that have lasted years. Um, and part of that goes back to having that plan for exit when the when you first get into it uh, and being able to work, think through it before anything even starts. Okay, so what can I expect from the process? Um, it's more of what you're not expecting than what you can expect in some respect respect here. Um, it, it's going to be very intrusive. Uh, for the first time, if you're a private company, your financial information and a lot of other details about your business operations is suddenly going to become public. Uh, that is an unnerving set of circumstances for a lot of people. There's going to be significant demands on you for information coming from all kinds of different directions, from the creditor body to secured lenders to your financial advisors to the uh, the potentially the court itself. 
Um, and then there's those three small groups of people that are really going to be wanting some information from you. Those being your employees, your customer base, and your vendors, um, all are going to be very interested to understand what it is is going, first of all, how you got where you are and what they can expect as the process unfolds. Okay, so you touched up on it, but how? what kind of information do I need to disclose? You're, you're right, and it, it's pretty much everything. The, the schedules themselves that you're going to file with the court are going to disclose all your assets in an itemized fashion along with valuations. It's going to disclose all your liabilities, creditor by creditor, and break them down by type. Um, it's You're also going to need to provide information about lawsuits, about executory contracts. Um, there will just be an extensive amount of data that's necessarily going to need to be disclosed about the business as you move through it. Once you get to the point where you're talking about the plan of reorganization, there's something called the disclosure statement that's typically filed at or about the same time, which goes into some significant detail in the history of the business, what got you to this bankruptcy in the first place, and what the plans are specifically to get out and go forward all of which is just public information. Wow, so this sounds like a lot of work. Uh, what are the costs going to be? Yeah, and this is the other area where Chapter 11 has gotten its bad reputation because, as I mentioned, the longer these drag out, um, the higher the cost is. Uh, and it can very quickly get to six digits and then some. Um, and the, the reason for that is that as time goes by, you've typically got your own attorneys as well as financial advisors, and naturally you need to compensate them. Something called a, a committee of unsecured creditors may also be formed in the context of a Chapter 11. They will also have their own representation, and most times their own financial advisors, and you'll be picking up the tab for them as well. There's also fees related to the United States Trustee's Office on a quarterly basis that need to be paid. So unfortunately, Chapter 11 is a very costly proposition. Uh, we're not going to speak about it here, but recently, Subchapter 5 to Chapter 11 was uh, came into being in February of 2020, uh, and it took some dramatic steps to kind of curtail some of these costs. Uh, and someone thinking about an 11 should probably look at a Subchapter 5 filing as well. Okay. So thinking about a business, can I keep control of the business if I file? You can. You can. Uh, and it's called the debtor in possession. So in a Chapter 11, you're going to have control. You're going to continue to operate the way you've always operated. There'll be some changes that are necessary. As I mentioned, you've got this intrusive process going on, uh, but you can absolutely remain in control. I'll kind of couch that by saying if there are allegations of um, wrongdoing as the bankruptcy continues to move forward, the Office of the United States Trustee, who oversees all bankruptcy filings, the Creditors Committee, or other parties in interest, can move to have a trustee appointed and take over the operations of that business. I see. What will be the impact on my customers and vendors? It's, it's, it's a can of worms question. The it, It's kind of crazy. So customers, of course, who are, are buying goods and services from you are concerned about disruption. And particularly if you've got agreements with them that call for specific deliverables over specific periods of time, they may be very quickly getting you on the phone and trying to find out what's happening 
and what that possible disruption will be. There may also be causes and contracts that you've got with them that a bankruptcy filing is a, is a deal killer um, and would, would break the relationship. So these are some things you need to be evaluating before you even get into bankruptcy, getting back to that first question. In terms of the vendors, the folks who have been selling stuff to you, um, they're even more concerned because in most cases, if you've gotten to the point of filing for bankruptcy, you've already stretched them out. You owe them a significant amount of money already. And now you've filed for bankruptcy, Chapter 11, and you're trying to stay in business as a debtor or possession. And you're going to be asking those very same vendors who you can no longer pay those pre-petition obligations to, to continue to do business with you. So they may want to try and change up the terms to uh, COD um, or something else to assure that they're going to get paid on a go-forward basis, assuming they're even willing to continue to do business with you. Right. Those don't sound like pleasant conversations to have. So <laughs> what will the impact be on my employees then? Um, you can only imagine what's going through the employees' minds. Uh, typically, they're not in the loop as you've gone through this process of planning for the bankruptcy, but for maybe a limited circle of employees and they one day showed up to work and you're holding that meeting where you're informing them of the bankruptcy filing or worse, they hear it on the news on their way into work. Um, they're, they're concerned about their jobs, as anybody would be, um, and they're worried about what comes next, and um, particularly things like benefits, uh, pension plans, health benefits, uh, in particularly in the environment that we're in now where things are tenuous to start with, um, it just puts a whole new layer of stress on your employee group. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it in the previous question, you certainly need to set up something before filing to deal with communications with customers and vendors and potential customers, uh, as well as your employees and how you're gonna communicate with them. Uh, with your employees, the more transparent you can be, the better off you're gonna be. Um, and, and whatever assurances you can give them, in some cases you can't give them any, um, will will benefit you you're going to need them to continue to go forward uh, i'll throw one more thing in here in, in certain states something called the warn act or depending on the size of the uh, um, and number of employees you need to provide notice to that uh, employee group prior to the layoffs uh, so, and so discuss that with counsel uh, prior to filing and hopefully they'll be bringing it up to you uh, to make sure that you're complying with those uh, regulations Okay, so if I wanted to ease my employees' fears, can I give them a stay bonus? Uh, the answer to that is maybe. Um, there is something in bankruptcy law known as the Key Employee Retention Program, or CURP. Um, they are subject to court approval, and very often they're put in place to do exactly what you're talking about. You've got a couple of key employees, and you need to be sure that they hang around in order for an orderly transition. Uh, or to be able to make sure that the business can continue to move forward. Um, they're not in favor, uh, and you need to have some pretty good uh, reasons in order to put them out there to, to your employees. The court's going to really expect um, some detailed information uh, when you bring it to their attention. Right. So speaking of moving forward, what's the plan of reorganization? Um, so that's a whole separate discussion, but uh, in short, what it is, is 
a business going through Chapter 11 processes is a reorganization by its nature. The concept is that at the end of the process, it's going to emerge as a go-forward company. Um, the plan of reorganization is, if you think about it as the business plan for what's going to happen both to the for all the pre-petition obligations, as well as how it's going to move forward as, as a potentially thriving business. Um, it's typically very detailed. There's a lot of uh, legal aspects to it, and there's a lot of financial aspects to it that need to be worked through as you go through the process. It also goes to how the uh, creditors are going to be able to vote. They're typically bracketed out into different uh, categories of creditors. Um, so it's it's that master master plan, if you will, of how you're going to um, resolve the unfortunate circumstance that you're in, as well as how you're going to be able to move forward and 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 thrive. Okay. And to wrap it up here, say we don't want to move forward with the business. Can I sell my business in bankruptcy? Yes. Uh, great question. So what happens is, and actually this is pretty routine these days with the chapter 11, again, because of the length and, and the cost, what typically happens is the, the business will enter chapter 11 with something called a stalking horse. Uh, so what that means is that prior to filing, they've gone out to the marketplace and identified a potential buyer. That buyer is labeled a stalking horse. When they enter into the bankruptcy process, the that stalking horse will be the initial bidder in what is a an auction process within the bankruptcy to sell the business or potentially just the assets of the business. Um, the current methodology is file for bankruptcy, sell the business or sell the assets of the business. The creditors get all of those assets free and clear of all liens. Whatever remains in that shell is then rolled off into a liquidating trust or a litigation trust which is then managed by a trustee, the proceeds of which go out to a specific creditor body, the shell then can dissolve and be done with the bankruptcy. Otherwise, it conceivably can languish in the bankruptcy for an extended period of time, continuing to run up all those fees we talked about. I see. Well, thank you for the insight, Ken. I hope everyone found the information on the Chapter 11 bankruptcy process helpful. Should you have specific questions regarding your unique circumstances, please reach out to a member of our team. Our contact information can be found at withem.com under Forensic Evaluation Services. This episode, as well as others in the series, can also be found at withem.com. Thank you for listening to Withem's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at withem.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M dot com.